Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say... Goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate, aka Cat Spencer. Is that how we should introduce ourselves now? I'm Dory, aka Dor Shafrir. <laughs> I mean, people really do call us Cat and Dor. I know they really do. And I love so, it because I've never had a nickname. So thank you. Aw. Finally. <sighs> Finally. Thanks, everyone. You've made Kate's uh, well, dreams come true. Thank you. Uh, and also, <laughs> uh, we, Cat and Door, are not experts, are we? No, we are definitely not experts. <laughs> but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. We do. We do. We do. And before we dig into all the serum talk, you can visit our website at forever35podcast.com. For links to everything that we talk about on this here show, you can follow us on Twitter at Forever35Pod, Instagram at Forever35Podcast, 
and join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. You can also shop our fave prods curated at shopmyshelf.us slash forever35. And you can sign up for our newsletter, which is on hiatus. Correct, Dory? It is on hiatus for the month of July. Yeah, we're taking a break. It's forever35podcast.com slash newsletter if you want to sign up. And you can call us. Yep. And yep, text yep. us. You can call and text us. 7815. As Kate loves Kate loves a text. I do. And I'm always I, I do my best to respond. Sometimes I can be a little salty. Yeah. You don't know which Kate Spencer you're gonna get. Someone sent me a text message or not someone, someone sent the podcast a text message and I think they I didn't I didn't understand the tone and my response back was a little defensive. Oh, I, interesting. I was I was really prickly in the wake of the row announcement, and I was feeling very sensitive. So, I mean, apologies. Understandable. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's also hard to communicate over text. You know, it's not always easy. It is. It is. Tone is really hard to kind of like ascertain. So hard, and sometimes we aren't quite getting it. You know, so I do my best. Uh, you can also human we are okay. only human you can also email us at forever 35 podcast at gmail.com and you can send us a voice memo there too if you are so inclined if you don't want to do the voicemail situation yes we love a voice memo. the the quality on voice memos is always very good it is the audio it is. quality and, you know while we're on the topic i will say i appreciate everyone's calls so much but sometimes the audio quality is such that we cannot play it so if you you know it's okay sometimes people call back and re-record their voicemail message we welcome it you know this is an audio show so you know yeah and you know if you are in a if you are in a spot that gets like bad reception or you know something like that just record a voice memo and then Mm -hmm, text or email mm -hmm. it to us um because the quality the sound quality will always be better so just a little and pro tip from your two fave podcasters. Hot recording tip. We come in hot with the expertise on voicemail. Recording. What if we were like, please invest in a high quality microphone <laughs> and headphones before oh you call us? We will only accept very accept high quality audio. recorded. <laughs> Go to a studio. <laughs> Sorry, it's not even that funny. I'm just like cracking myself up. All right. Well, Kate, how's it going? Actually, Kate, I have a question for you. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. What is that pretty necklace that you're wearing? The long one or the short one? Yeah, the long one. Which one? I mean, the short one's pretty too, but yeah, what's the long one? I'm actually, this is a paperclip gold chain necklace that I believe I purchased last year prior to this company becoming a podcast sponsor, but they have since become a podcast sponsor, or they have been, Majuri. Oh, no way. Yes. Way. I love this necklace. I wear it all the time. Again, was not, you know, bought it with my own money, was not a, a sponsored piece of jewelry. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. Oh, it's I really- do have... Oh, sorry, it's really ahead. nice. No, it's really nice. Thank you. I really, I, I like it. It's easy to wear. I can also slip things like larger pendants on it, which I do sometimes. Oh, that's fun. 
Um, so yeah, they, I, you know what? I really, again, they're now a sponsor of this show, but you know, this is unsolicited endorsement here. Yeah. But I think their I jewelry, their jewelry is really great. Um, and I find the price point to be accessible, which is not always the case. Have you ever thing, had the thing happen where you like see your, you're like targeted for an an item in an ad and you're like, Ooh, and then you go to it and it's like $2,000 for this bead. And you're like, what the fuck? Yes. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. drives me nuts. This, this has happened to me. I will tell you another thing that annoys me about targeted ads is when something is really cute and I click on it and it's sold out. Oh, all the time. I'm like, so why annoying. Did you just, why did you just advertise this to me when it's sold out in literally every size? That's I not know. nice. I mean, I'm sure it's all like in some sort of, you know, programmed situation. I know. But... Some algorithm. God damn it. Well, hey, I did have something I wanted to mention, which is that yes. I... I bought myself a new bathing suit from NYX, K-N-I-X. Okay. And I wanted to shout it out for a couple of reasons. So I bought the classic one piece from their website. I really like it. I am wearing a large and it, and it fits my very long torso. It has adjustable straps. Now mm. I'm telling you this and I looked on their website and they're all sold out, but maybe they'll. Oh. Yeah. Womp womp. Womp. They, they, this, their sizing goes up to XXXXL plus. So, okay. um, the sizing is pretty inclusive to body sizes. And what I wanted to shout out is that they also make leak proof bathing suits for us menstruators <laughs> or menstruators, as Kate, I like to say. Did you see in the Facebook group someone posted oh, a I poll did. about this? Oh, I did. <laughs> someone posted a oh, poll. That really made about, me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, they posted a poll about how you pronounce menstru menstruate, which yes. I say menstruate. <laughs> like, and so many people when they heard me first say that were like, "Oh yeah, I thought she was joking." Like everybody thought I was joking. I know. Which Why is do so I pronounce funny. it like that? Why do I do that? Like, what I is it? I say about it that me? way too. Is it where we're from? Is it geographical? I have no idea. The same way that know. we say like that was, aunt or aunt. I just thought that was so funny. It was very funny. It really, I saw that. I think I was tagged in it and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to escape my pronunciation of menstruate. <laughs> Well, I am happy to report for those of us who menstruate and want to wear a one-piece bathing suit, they make bathing suits with with absorbent liners, which I love. I've been getting more and more into like menstrual clothing. Um, I I don't use it. I don't use it solely as my like menstrual absorber. Okay. Anyway, I just thought that was really great. I'm sure other companies do this too, but this was the first time I had ever seen a a bathing suit specifically that had this feature. Um, and I'm really loving this their bathing suit. I've been wearing it swimming this summer, uh, and it's super comfortable. Comfortable. It's flattering, easy to get on and off. Now, I also tried their Evolution bra, which apparently is like the bra they're known for. 
It's a wireless mm-hmm. bra that is supposed to comfortably fit us like big boobers and also us non-big boobers. It didn't it didn't work for me, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Okay. I All have right. I have this problem where when I wear these bras without underwire, the bottom yes. band rolls up. And can I tell you why I think this is? I would love I think, to know. I think I have <laughs> This is going to sound really silly. I think I have big ribs. Oh, interesting. Like you have a large rib cage. Well, you know, after I, you have children, your rib cage often expands. So I have always had a rib cage that protrudes, so much so that my college boyfriend called my ribs my second boobs. Okay, that's like, weird. Well, you know, he he was maybe weird. I don't know. I mean, I could. Sh- I, I almost want to show you. Is this is this getting too personal? If I show you my ribs, um, they basically stick out. They stick out. Okay. Okay. So I think my they ribs protrude. Pre- yeah, I've got. I'm just a big ribbed gal. And I think they cause these under these lack of underwire bras to for the bands to roll up, and so they make them not comfortable. I'm wearing one right now by Skims, and the band rolls up. So that happened to me with Nix's Evolution bra. But I have other friends who like swear by it as their comfort bra of choice. Oh, that is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So that's my hot update in terms of like really into this bathing suit. And you know what I like about this bathing suit? What case? I feel comfortable in it, and I also, dare mm. I say, feel a little bit sexy. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. You know, I just, I feel like I look good, and you I don't know, always Kate, I feel comfortable. I'm sure I do, but I don't always feel, and it's not like, it's like sometimes bathing suits feel weird on your body. The yes, cut is yes, weird yes, or like yes, your yes, butt yes. cheeks yes. are feeling weird. And so you don't quite feel comfortable moving in your physical form. I'm not saying like people finding my appearance hot. I mean like how it fits on me and how I feel the comfort level then allows me to kind of, I don't know, just ease into my skin a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Which I guess makes me want to pose this question to you. And if you don't want okay. to answer this, you don't have to at all. We okay. don't have to talk about I'm listening. this. So just FYI. What is your question? When do you feel sexy? Mm, interesting. <sighs> sexy. Mm, sexy. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not often, I don't often tap into that for myself. Like sexy is an interesting feeling, right? Yeah. It's like, because it's not exactly the same as like, do you feel attractive? It's kind of different. Well, and it, it I think it involves you feeling yourself rather than. Yes, I will tell you right now, I do not feel sexy. Like right in this moment? In this exact moment, unshowered, wearing a sports bra and an old Fleetwood Mac t-shirt and a <laughs> strawberry baseball cap. And bike shorts and socks oh, and pool slides. I don't honestly. Sexy. This sounds this sounds like a very cool Generation Z outfit. Bike shorts, mm. socks, and pool slides. That's Gen Z's like mode of operation. Is it also Gen Z's mode of operation to like feel like you can smell your own butt? Sorry. <laughs> What? 
<laughs> you feel like I, you can smell. I need to take a shower. I like really need to take a shower. I can like smell myself. I'm like, this is not sexy. But so you know what's I think interesting? I smell my butt. First of all, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not normally at a loss for words, but just the idea of smelling your own butt is has stumped me. So, thank you. Uh, okay, go on, please. I was just going to note that I thought it was interesting that you equated like what you were wearing to the feeling of sexiness. Can we feel sexy in in clothes that don't inherently feel sexy? Like I'm currently wearing an old Madewell tank top and then Target high-waisted shorts, but I don't have the tank top tucked in. I have it like hanging over. So I just look kind of like it doesn't look cool. Mm. You know, I don't think I feel sexy right now either. Mm. But I also don't think it's clothes that make us make us always feel sexy. Maybe it's our power. Mm. I'm going to just pose this question to the listenership of this podcast, which is when okay, do you all right. feel sexy? And I like this question. Is leaning in to embracing sexiness, whatever that means for you, has that been a journey of like self-care or self-healing? Because there can be a lot of trauma that is linked into this concept of quote sexiness, right? Like that, and maybe people, maybe some people never feel this way. I, it's not something I'm feeling every day. No, I certainly am not feeling it every day. I would say those days are fewer and farther between. Well, and you know, like I think in an upcoming episode with Jessica DeFino, we talk kind of about the way in which humans are perceived and the way aging is received and discussed and all these things and how culturally older people, specifically women, are not really viewed as being sexy or sexual, you know? And like how I think we can, we ourselves get pulled into that narrative. I don't know. It's really, it's, it's just, I'm just curious. No, it's it's a really... a bathing suit. It's a with really a interesting liner. question. Yeah. How it's did we really get here? I don't know, question. but thank you. <sighs> well, our guest today is sexy. <laughs> our guest today is sexy. And funny and brilliant and has charming. some hot, charming, great tips. She's just delightful. Uh, yeah. Today, we are talking to Lil Miss Hot Mess. She is a renowned storyteller and board member of Drag Queen Story Hour. She's also the author of The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, 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 and has written for Wired, Salon, and The Guardian. She's performed at venues from Stanford to the San Francisco Museum of Art to Saturday Night Live. And she has a new children's book, that just came out called If You're a Drag Queen and You Know It. And it's really, really delightful. It's really cute. I want to like get it for my kid's school. You should. I support that. It's a really, really cute book. So we had a really good time talking to her and I think we're excited, excited to get to share our interview with her after the break. You know, the weather's getting warmer 
So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, 
Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a tretinoin gal. I love the tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. 
And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. We are so excited to have you on Forever 35, Lomas Hot Mess. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, So we like to start off our conversations with guests by asking them about a self-care practice that they have. Um, So we are wondering, what is that for you? Honestly, for me, my biggest self-care practice is that I am a bath queen. I love a Mm. good warm bath. When it's winter, I take one truly almost every night and I have my whole Epsom salt and essential oil routine and I bring my TV. I've got a dedicated stool for the computer so I can watch all my shows. Sometimes I read, but yeah, mainly it's really just a a boob tube tune out kind of thing. Oh, Are you a bathed? TV stool is so smart. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the upgrade. It's the upgrade I needed. Are you the a bath every night kind of person? I know when it's like cold, but like, could you even go like when it's like right now in LA, it's like 99 degrees. Can you, can you handle a bath in the summer? I'm not such a summer bath person. Although every now and okay. then when like the chill of the AC hits just right, it is sort of uh-huh. nice to just indulge in that warm bath. <laughs> but yeah, usually, usually that's if it's like if I've been inside all day and can't, you know, or haven't, haven't had the, any effects of the heat on the outside. The chill of the AC is like the best feeling in the world where you're, you trick your body. It like, it tricks your body into thinking it's cold. But really, mm-hmm. you're just like living a lie, but it feels so right. Right. You're just like, totally. it's freezing. But <laughs> Get the tub. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just going to ask if you have, if you want to shout out any specific bath upgrades um, that you would recommend. Honestly, I I really go old school. I do Epsom salts. I do, um, yeah, my own proprietary essential oil blend of like some lavender, some vetiver, some uh, rose, uh, probably a couple other things that I'm forgetting. I haven't mixed it in a while. For a little while, I tried making my own bath bombs too, which was kind of a fun experiment. Oh. Um, but then they were staining the tub. So I, I moved yeah. away from that option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do have one of those bath trays, although I don't really use it that often, but I like to think that I have like a candle and a glass of white wine or something while I'm in there. That's you know? it's very Oprah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> All about that life. That I have that bath tray too. And like, it still looks precarious. Like I'm not, I feel like I, even though I'm going to put a bottle, yeah. a glass of wine on it and immediately shatter it in the tub with me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think really the upgrade I want is like a better bathtub, right? Like I want like the full on clawfoot tub, which sadly I do not have in my life right now. Well, look, it's always good to set a a goal. It's true. In the world. So maybe, maybe that can be it. Um, before we get into your, um, history as a drag queen, I did want to ask, can you tell us a little bit about how you get started blending your own oil? Because it sounds delicious, the combination you mentioned. Is it just something you did like on a whim? Yeah, it's just something I experimented with. I mean, 
I have a lot of kind of like witchy and woo friends. You know, I sort of, I didn't actually grow up, but I spiritually grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. So everyone has their own little altars and collections of oils and things like that. Um, and yeah, I think it was when I went to this one spa that had just a really nice scent and I was like, what is that? And you could buy it, but then I just read the ingredients and figured, oh, I can make it. So oh, every, ever that. since then, I've been experimenting. Do you have any other like witchy things that you do? Um, you know, I have like my incense. I, I smudge every now and then. Mm. Um, I don't really have an altar, but you know, every now and then I'll pull out a tarot card and just kind of leave it out to set an intention or something like that. I do. I try to get a, an astrology reading at least once a year to just to kind of check in, <laughs> check in with the universe mm-hmm. and see where things are. We would love to just kind of get uh, some background on how you got started in drag because you have been a founding member of Drag Queen Story Hour, and I'd love to kind of hear what your journey has been like as a drag queen. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've always been a drag queen at heart since well before I had any knowledge of that language or that terminology. I was definitely that little gay kid who, you know, my effeminacy just ran rampant. I loved to perform. I loved to put on shows for anyone who would watch in the backyard. Like I would, you know, get the neighborhood kids involved. I would put a towel on my head and call it a wig or wear my mom's high heels. Um, and I did do, you know, theater in high school and middle school and things like that. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco just after college that I really was like, now is the time to do drag. And part of that was that I had been going out. I had been seeing it. Um, it was really kind of like a heyday for drag in San Francisco at the time where it wasn't just glamorous. It wasn't just pretty or fun, but it was political. It was kind of punk. It was arty. You know, we always have this joke that like, if there wasn't some form of bodily fluid on stage by the end of the show, it wasn't really drag, you know, and, <laughs> and my drag was never quite that like literally messy every now and then, but, um, but it was fun to kind of explore that and, uh, and yeah, kind of grow up in that scene. Um, and yeah, and then it, it kind of took off and I've been doing it for, I mean, almost 15 years at this point. It was wild. Wow. So you just, you said you joked that if there wasn't a bodily, bodily fluid on stage, then it wasn't drag. Mm-hmm. Um, but could we just kind of unpack a little bit? Like, what is drag? Is it a kind of like, you know, it when you see it, or do you feel like there is an actual like academic definition of drag as a, as a culture, as a concept? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think. I think it's kind of both. I think on the one mm-hmm. hand, drag does have a kind of specific definition. It or- originates in queer and trans communities. It's about playing with gender and, you know, other kinds of social expectations. On the other hand, I think drag can be kind of anything. You know, there's colloquially mm-hmm. in like queer vernacular, drag can be any kind of thing that you put on that, you know, is kind of stylized and changes the way that you're perceived. So, you know, people will talk about like their church drag or their nine to five drag Mm. or their teacher drag or whatever that is. Um, So I do kind of subscribe to that, like RuPaul idea that we're all born naked and the rest is drag because we're always putting it on. Mm. Um, But I think, I think at the heart of like drag performance, as we think about it, it really is, it's about playing with gender, but it's also about these aesthetics of over the topness, exaggeration, appropriating elements from mainstream culture and giving them a little bit of a twist. 
Um, it's those sorts of things that really kind of make the difference between just dressing up or cosplay and, and drag with a capital D. How has your specific drag identity kind of evolved over the years? You know, I have always thought of my drag persona as different elements of myself. Some mm. queens, some performers really like to build up a character and like create a backstory and a biography and all these sorts of things. But for me, it, it really is about kind of, yeah, taking what's already there and amplifying it in different ways. Um, I think when I was a little bit younger, I leaned in a little bit more to the kind of like awkward teenage girl inside of me. Like I did a lot mm. of like bat mitzvah drag was kind of my, mm-hmm. my shtick for a little while, um, you know, <laughs> braces and like big hair and gaudy puffy kind of like sleeves. puffy sleeves. Yeah. Like the yep. nanny kind of clothes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> and maybe now, like, I mean, again, it's been almost 15 years and I feel like I'm more on the like bubby or grandma side of that a little bit, especially doing story hours. Like I've leaned into that librarian, uh kind of aesthetic a little bit more oh my but gosh, you're like the drag coastal grandmother <laughs> thank you <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying love that okay <laughs> <laughs> do you have thoughts on drag both as a performer and also uh, a participant or an observer as self-care because i imagine that feeling of coming into the community i, I imagine there is an element for many people where drag is a key part of self-care at various times in their lives. Absolutely. I mean, I think like any creative process, it it is rooted in care and and just something about doing it and having the practice of it and like going through the rituals of it. Yeah, certainly feels like care. Um, you know, I think about like the the concept of flow, you know, that that idea that you kind of get lost in something and and that's something that I experience when I'm preparing for numbers, especially I'm, I'm a little bit of a control queen. Like I, I, I like to improvise a little bit, but I also like to plan out a number. I like to do choreography. I like to make props. And so there's a lot of like crafting and, and prep work that goes into the drag. So yeah, something about that, you know, like literally just sewing sequins onto something or painting a prop kind of gets me into that state of flow. Um, and even like just this past week, it's, it's been an incredibly stressful week. I don't know if you all have heard, but, um, doing yeah, an event. We're with you. Yeah. Um, doing an event just this past weekend, like just having that two hours set aside where I knew that all I had to do was like paint my face and get ready was actually like incredibly therapeutic and, and full of self care. I love what you wrote too about how drag is such an example of imagination and creativity and play. Like, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as we talk about drag queen story hour in your books, but there is such something so marvelous in in that, especially as an adult to get to see or get to do um, when so much of that is, is stifled as we get older. I mean, it's just such an amazing embodiment of, like, what can you come up with? What can you conceive? And how could you pull it off? Yeah, totally. I mean, you're right. Like, as adults, we don't get to play. We're told that we have to, like, get to work and and put all that stuff aside. And it actually, it was very healing for me to kind of realize that this is play and that this is mm. something that you can do simply for its own sake. I mean, for some people, it is a profession. I've sort yeah. of you know, for me, it's it's a career, but it's always kind of been the add-on to other things that I'm doing. And so in some ways, it's been able to be more of an art form for me. But yeah, even I think if you're if you're working that drag hustle, if you're, you know, you're 
hosting things every night of the week, there still is that element of, yeah, what am I going to wear? How am I going to like hold the audience's attention? What is my number going to be? You know, maybe I've done this number 20 times before, but there's like that one thing that clicks into place because, you know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid forties, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness. Story. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. That's a different audience or because someone offers you something else in that space. Um, and yeah, it does, it does kind of keep you on your toes in this really nice, fun, playful way. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. Okay, we're back. Well, you have a PhD in media studies, which is number one, like a feat that is quite (laughs) amazing. In your uh, academic point of view, how do you think that drag has influenced mainstream culture? You know, I used to always think that drag was like the ultimate resistor to mainstream culture, that it would always exist in the underground and could never sort of be absorbed into mainstream culture. And, you know, I guess I'm happy to admit that I was wrong. Um, You know, RuPaul and her whole empire has certainly proved that the people in all walks of life are ready and eager for drag in their lives. Um, But I also think that it does come with some compromises. You know, I think that the drag that I grew up with 
um, you know, again, that kind of like arty bodily fluids, uh, you know, balls to the wall kind of form of drag, um, you know, still isn't always ready for prime time or prime time isn't always ready for it. And so, um, you know, I think we do get like a slightly more sanitized version on TV. I think we get certain certain kind of like conventions where, you know, either you're the pretty one or you're the funny one or you're the weird mm-hmm. one, but it's hard to sort of cross those boundaries. Um, and, you know, I mean, in the shows that I've always been part of, like you get all of that and more in any given night. And that's part of the fun of it as well. Um, I want to talk also about more about drag queen story hour. I'm wondering from your perspective, what, what is it that kids get out of drag queen story hour? I think kids get so much out of it. And I think it's often not what people expect. Mm. I think people often kind of think that it's, you know, kind of LGBT 101 or gender 101, that they're kind of learning the basics of queer culture or, you know, different types of identities. And I think that that's part of it. But again, I think that's kind of only scratching the surface. And for me, the more exciting aspects of what kids learn from Drag Queen Story Hour are things that that kind of get transmitted through the lines of the text or mm. through the performance. So it's, it's things like, you know, learning to use humor to deal with tough topics or to cheer yourself up when, you know, the world is a hot mess around you. Um, it's things like, uh, sometimes it's just like the sensory, um, kind of overstimulation of drag that over the topness for kids, you know, the sequins, the bright colors, the big hair, there's something to kind of learn. Um, just in that kind of experiencing of the unusual of, of, you know, kind of tapping into curiosity and wonderment in the environment and the world around them. Um, I think there's something about kind of, uh, kind of learning how to question authority or question convention and the status quo, the way things have always been mm-hmm. done, you know, to say, you know, boys don't have to act a certain way. Girls don't have to act a certain way, you know, there's all different ways that we can be in the world. And and I think that drag can sort of help, help us imagine new possibilities for how we structure society. And, you know, again, especially in this week, things like, you know, violence and bodily autonomy have been in my mind. And I think that, you know, drag isn't going to solve all the problems, but I think it gives us that imaginative space to think about what is the world that we really want to live in and, you know, how can we transform things around us Sometimes by starting with, you know, transforming our appearance or transforming ourselves. Yeah, I I was mentioning this before we started recording, but I have a three-year-old, a three-year-old son. And, and, you know, I I think about these things a lot. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's, this is like encouraging to hear um, in a way, you know, (laughs) just, I think he, I haven't taken him to a drag queen story hour, partly COVID and just partly yeah. hasn't happened. Um, but I think he would really enjoy it. So I'm going to make an effort to, to do that. Um, and I'm also going to read your book to him. So let's talk about so good. Oh my book, God. which I is so wonderful. It's called If You're a Drag Queen and You Know It. It came out in May. Um, for the benefit of our listeners who may not have seen it, can you kind of give them a rundown of what it's about? Yeah. So if you're a drag queen and you know it, it's actually my second book. The first one is called The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, Swish, Swish. And Great title. Both of them are, uh, 
are parodies on classic kids songs that kind of introduce kids to some of the things that drag queens like to do. And again, it's not really about gender. It's not really about, you know, LGBT history or anything like that. It's really about kind of embodying these things, whether it's swishing your hips or shimmying your shoulders or snapping your fingers or shouting, yes, queen. Um, and, and I wrote it that way because I wanted kids to, to try it out, to, to kind of take that risk in a safe space, which I think is also what drag is all about, is kind of having the courage to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit. But again, with something like Story Hour, we're trying to, to do that in a way that is comfortable and available to everyone. Um, and yeah, and it, you know, it features a cast of, uh, just wonderfully diverse and inventive drag performers that kind of reflect the drag scenes that I've come up in, but also extend them into new fantastical ways as well. It's really fun. I've taken Thank my kids you. once in LA. Yeah, it's oh. really cool. And, and, you know, I mean, and you wrote an amazing op-ed about this because, I mean, in addition to the, you know, anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans legislation that's getting passed yeah. in states around America and the scapegoating and um, the homophobia, I mean, the list goes on. And then, of course, we had these, you know, terrorists show up at a drag queen story hour and terrorize both performer kids and parents. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the title of the op-ed you wrote for NBC News, which is drag queens won't be cowed by haters. The story hour goes on. Yes. And you make so many amazing, amazing points in this piece and we'll link to it so everybody can read it. Um, what as, as a performer, as not just as a performer, a drag performer, but a storyteller with these children and a author of children's books. Mm -hmm. What, what do you, what do you even say? Um, I like, I don't even know what the question is like, can you tell us why that's <laughs> bad? No, we all know why it's bad. Um, I guess how, how do you find the fortitude to face what is happening? right now and also to tell how how can we join as community members to tell them to f off such a good question i mean i i do it because it brings me joy and it brings so many other kids and parents and families joy um and you know this even though i have this other book come out it came out in the middle of covid and so this has really been the first time that i've been able to get back out into the libraries mm -hmm. into the bookstores into the community spaces to do events with kids and so for me like seeing the kids who bring their very well worn copies of the book or who come dressed up Aww. or who you know know all the names of the characters like that just warms my heart beyond anything i could have possibly imagined um, and I, you know, I know that we're doing the good work. Like, I, I hate to say that, um, that this backlash kind of signals that we're doing something right, because, you know, I think we were doing something right even without the backlash. Yeah. Um, but, but the fact that we're ruffling feathers, I do think is ultimately a good thing. You know, I wish that they were not feathers that, you know, might have, I don't know, AK-47s or whatever, or, or you know, are part of these vigilante white nationalist sort of groups. Um, but you know, the, the fact that they, that they feel like things are changing is ultimately for the good. Right. And, and that's why we're here. You know, a lot of times the right wing likes to say that we're indoctrinating children or we're brainwashing them, you know, or we're foisting our ideology on them. 
But the reality is that we're really undoing a lot of the ideology that that the right and that just mainstream culture in general is voicing on people. Like these ideas about what boys and girls have to be or what masculinity and femininity are, are, you know, so ingrained in society and it's well past the time to, to be undoing them. Um, and, and for kids, a lot of that really does come naturally. You know, I, I love the ways that kids often incessantly just ask why and, you know, adults give them an answer and they're not satisfied because often the answer isn't satisfying or it doesn't add up. And so they keep asking why. And I think that, that that's something that we're also kind of tapping into with this program is, yeah, is, is that curiosity that's already there. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's honestly, that's why I do it. And I always honestly feel sad for the haters because yeah. I feel like we're out here throwing this fabulous party that in theory, anyone's invited to like, maybe don't bring your gun or maybe don't, you know, check your hatred at the door, but otherwise like we're here for you. And if you don't want to join us, that's actually kind of sad because our world is really sparkly and glittery and fabulous. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think for, for folks who want to support us, I, I just encourage folks to turn out to events, to follow us on our social media, to donate when they can. You know, I always, to quote Dolly Parton, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. And, you know, <laughs> we do a lot on a shoestring budget. Um, but, you know, it does, it, it does require resources to, you know, pay our performers for their time and artistry to make sure that we have safety plans in place for events to, you know, develop curricula and, and really make this an educational program and not just, you know, entertainment. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I actually don't think this is like on a more superficial note because I think that this is like very important to the whole project of drag, but can we talk about your makeup? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Not superficial at all. Um, And I guess, and (laughs) hair, I guess. Um, But, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to start with makeup. Can you kind of walk us through your process of getting ready to become Lil Miss Hot Mess and what makeup you use and what techniques you use and how this has kind of evolved? Please tell us everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, very self-taught. Um, I technically have a drag mother, although, uh, she always liked to joke that she kind of left me in the dumpster after, uh, yeah, behind the dumpster after prom. Um, (laughs) and so I never really learned all the tools of the trade or the tricks of the trade. Um, you know, I, when I first started off, like all of my makeup came from Walgreens and I remember someone finally like taking the, you know, basic eyeshadow applicator out of my hand and handing me a brush and being like, girl, you really need to step it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's taken, you know, a decade to get there, but, um, yeah, I mean, I use a combination still of some Walgreens makeup. I live for a wet and wild lipstick. That's mm-hmm. like truly so the good. pigment that I've always ever wanted. Um, and you know, some professional stage makeup, some Krylon, mm-hmm. um, you know, some Mac, some other, fancy brands out there um and for me i'll say it's really a process every time i feel like i'm living on the edge i feel like it's a little bit of trial and error it's a little bit of like a hope and a prayer holding it all together you know sometimes you know you make the one eyebrow and then you try to duplicate it on the other side and then you have to kind of do the dance of touching up each side until they finally sort of look like um sisters if not twins 
but for me, it's, you know, I, I think when I was younger, I, I did try to be a little bit more pretty, a little bit more passable. And over time, I've really, uh, I've enjoyed the kind of exaggeration of it all. Um, I sort of feel like in both makeup and fashion, like if you're not going to sparkle, why bother? So I do a ton of glitter on my eyes and my lips and I love to wear sequins and, yeah, I mean, again, the bigger the hair, the closer to Dolly. So I always definitely do as big of hair as possible. Um, and it really takes a village. I mean, you know, I, I certainly am not a hairstylist. So I have uh, a friend uh, with a business who, you know, styles wigs for queens. And uh, yeah, it's that, there's something kind of fun in that collaboration as well of sort of seeing you know, what they're going to come up with based on what you've requested and what's available and what's in their own imagination. So I guess my next question is, how do you take it all off? Are there certain products that you stand by in terms of makeup removal? And then we love to ask our guests about their skincare routine. And we are seeing you sans makeup and your skin looks flawless. So I feel and you wear a heavy makeup, you. you wear a heavy face. I do. I mean, just a little bit, but uh, <laughs> just an eensy beansy little bit of blush. Um, you know, I'm going to admit on this podcast that I do not have a skincare routine. I only like literally within the last year started putting moisturizer on after I do drag. Like that's basically it. I, you know, we talked a little bit about my kind of hippie witchy origins earlier. Mm -hmm. I used to be just a Dr. Bronner's girl on the face, you know. Wow. I mean, Dr. So Bronner's I finally, is a classic for a reason. It is a classic for a reason. Although I was like, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, other things I could do. Fair. So, I mean, honestly, I use like a pharmacy makeup wipe and, Perfect. you know, now I use like an over, you know, just a regular cleanser. Um, and I do a little moisturizing after, um, I recently got some, uh, fat in the moon products. Oh, and so yes. I've been enjoying we love their stuff. one of their cleansers. I forget what it's called, but it, it smells like celery, which I really like. It's like this weird, like you don't really expect it, but I'm like, okay, maybe there's something, some celery juice or something in here giving me <laughs> some nutrients. Um, yeah, but yeah, otherwise I think honestly, I was blessed with with decent skin that can somehow hold up against all of this crap that I put on it all the time. Yeah. And I mean, uh, what an endorsement of the generic makeup wipe, because that's a I lot mean, to get like, that's, they do the work. I know that not good for the environment, but they do the work. You they know? do the work. I mean, the one good thing about them is that they get the glitter off and I, mm. some means use tape to get the glitter off. So it's not going down the drain, which is ultimately a good thing. And, I wow. do have some reservations about the glitter. I try to buy, you know, biodegradable glitter when I can, but I kind of have a large backstock of stuff that I'm still trying to get through from years and years of doing I, all this. I hadn't even thought about the fact that glitter is not biodegradable. I hadn't even I know. See, here. It's like wow. literally plastic, microplastics. I know it's that's the one bad thing about drag. Uh, maybe a few bad things about drag, but yeah. This is completely, like, this slide. is like totally unrelated, but um, I've been seeing on TikTok these tattoo artists who are doing these glitter tattoos. And mm. now I'm kind of like, wait, but that like, that's probably really bad for you. 
I know. I mean, there there is such a thing as bioglitter. I haven't okay. done like the full range of research to really understand how it's different, but I want to believe that it's, you know, pure and good for all life yeah. out there. So. <laughs> so I have a very specific question, which I was looking at your Instagram and I noticed yes. that you have been rocking a platform croc. Yes. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> okay. So I love Crocs. I would love all the details. Are they comfortable? Because at first I looked and I was like, is she wearing a dance go? Like nurse's clog? And then I was like, oh no, she's in a Croc platform. Like this hot topic, have to discuss it. So anyway, Please. are they Croc brand? Are they comfortable? Do you like the style? Should we all get them? Um. I was going to say yes, yes, no, yes, but I can't remember the exact order. But uh, I will say, so they are they are knockoffs. They're they're knockoffs of the official Crocs by Balenciagas that came out maybe mm. like three or four years ago. And for a yep. long time, Crocs wasn't making anything like them. And now Crocs makes a a platform or what they call a platform, but to me, it's not really a platform. It's like you know maybe an inch off the ground. Um, so I still go with the knockoffs, and I these ones that you've been seeing, I. I've just been wearing the same pair because I've been doing a lot of traveling, uh, but I did kind of glitter them myself because I wanted to give them a little extra pizzazz, but I have a few more pairs at home that are due to get that treatment uh, once this tour is over. And honestly, part of it is um, is post-pandemic because doing all these drag shows and readings during the pandemic were like, it was literally just from the waist up or the bust mm. up. It was so, so nice to not have to wear the full ensemble i mean usually i still wore like all my padding and all the stuff that nobody could see but going barefoot or wearing a pair of slippers that no one could see was truly everything and especially for drag queen story hours where like there is an above average chance that you could trip and actually injure somebody yeah. i feel like the the safety and stability of the platform croc is really just a win-win for everyone and and they are incredibly comfortable i mean I don't run or anything like that, but I feel like if I did, I could, I don't know, run a half marathon and these if I had to. They're like sensible, but like the most playful shoe ever. I don't know. Yes. I love them. And kids love them too, because so many kids yeah. have Crocs or, or kind of rubber shoes like them. So there's, there's a definitely like a relatable content moment there as well. Well, Dora, you know what I'm going to be doing when we hang up. I'm going to be searching for oh, these knockoff clocks. I sure do. <laughs> They're not hard to find. And then just get yourself some E6000 or whatever it's called and just go to town with the glitter. Oh, it, it, it. it actually okay. works surprisingly oh. well. Yeah. Amazing. Sounds, sounds like a fun. I need some like something to focus my energy on that is joyful. So that sounds yeah. wonderful. And that, I mean, that's the self-care of doing drag right there. Yeah. It's like spending an hour just you know, throwing glitter at things, <laughs> watching it stick. Well, it's been so wonderful to get to talk to you. Um, if listeners want to find your books or also see you out live, where can they get all that information? So my books should be available wherever books are sold. So I always encourage people to ask at your local bookstore and especially to ask at your local library so that everyone can encounter these wonderful books. And unfortunately we are seeing more and more bands and challenges of books. Mm. So showing, showing, yeah, our librarians that there's a desire and a demand for these is extra important. 
And then you can find me at Lil Miss Hot Mess, L-I-L Miss Hot Mess on social media or lilmisshotmess.com. Uh, I have a few more events coming up this summer, hopefully some more virtual events coming up soon as well. Um, and also follow Drag Queen Story Hour because we do have over 50 chapters around the country and around the world. And if we don't have one in a community near you, we always encourage people to get in touch and uh, yeah, to start one if they're so inclined. So that's amazing. Here, yeah. twirling and twirling. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so great to talk to you. Dory, I'm really glad that Lil Miss Hot Mess received me singing Little Red Corvette and the oh. way in which her name perfectly fits into that song. Um, I think she was she was very pleased by that, actually. I mean, it's like perfect. Like I still haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I mean, and also (laughs) (laughs) speaking of sexy Dory, I mean, Prince. Yes. I mean, epitome. Like that Prince, literally Prince music videos was how I even like began to understand my sexuality when I was younger. You know, like, I think he was the first person I ever saw where I was like, I'm attracted to this, the way this person moves. What is happening? I published, when I worked at BuzzFeed, I published an essay by Nicole Perkins, former Forever 35 guest, um, about how she basically had like her sexual awakening with Prince. I think that essay is in her book, actually. I think you're right. I mean, Prince is just a marvel. Yep. Wow. It all comes back. It all it all comes back. Okay, well, it really does. Dory, your previous intention was to approach our impending summer break and your impending travel and vacation with a heart and a mind of ease. How is that going? Well, I, <laughs> you know, as as discussed, we are recording these way ahead of time, so I have actually although Today is actually the day that I return <laughs> from my trip. As we record this, I have not left yet. Um, but I have started making a packing list, which is kind of calming me. And I also, I also like hedged a bet that my three year old son, who is a very independent, like wants to do everything himself, He's in that kind of phase. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, I had an inkling that he might be very into the idea of having his own little rolling backpack to tote Ad- through the airport. Adorable. And we, uh, we picked one out together. His first choice was not going to be guaranteed to arrive until after we had left, mm. but his second choice was a bunny. Oh, Dory. <laughs> it came yesterday and it's like the cutest thing I've ever seen. And today before his nap, he was like, where Henry's new backpack? And oh my I was God. Like, oh, come I on. It, I put it in your closet and he wanted to take it out and like roll around, roll it around. And then he wanted to leave it out in his room. So he like could look at it. <laughs> Dory. <laughs> and I, I was it. like, I, th- I was like, I think he's really gonna. I think this is going to be a, a really good thing for him. And like, he's going to pack it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like find those moments. Yeah. Good for you. 
Thank you're you. You're both being Thank a great so parent and also caring for yourself. I think those are admirable <laughs> things. And then, you know, I guess my intention for this week is uh, to kind of figure out what I want to do for the for the rest of the month since we're not going to be recording. Um, so weird, isn't it? So weird. Yeah, like I feel like I now suddenly have these like blocks of free time. So I need I feel like I don't want to waste them. Um so I'm going to try and kind of think of some things that I can do. So that's my intention for this week. What about you, Kate? I've I've been uh, making doctors appointments to fill oh, in this absence of podcast recording. Oh, that's yes. Smart. You know what? I'm getting a retainer. I'll tell you all about it when I'm back from a vacay. But Whoa. I'm getting a retainer. I know. Speaking of sexy. Yeah, well, baby. My intention previously was to wean myself off of melatonin. And I am really happy to report that it's working. I have become I've become very reliant on a specific supplement called Good Day Chocolate Calm. Part of it is because it's chocolate and it's delicious to have a treat before bed. But, you know, it's this magnesium thanine chamomile supplement to help you, quote, relax or sleep. And it was giving me the wildest dreams, like just stressing me out beyond belief to the point where my sleep didn't even feel relaxing, but it was helping me fall asleep. So I've taken a a break from all like sleep supplements for the moment and I'm doing okay, which is really encouraging for me. Mm. So that, that feels like it was a bit of a success. Okay. I'm excited for you. Mm, Thank you. And you know, my intention for this week is um to go on another hike. Ooh. I took myself on a yeah, I took myself on a hike a few days ago by myself. I didn't bring my dogs, I didn't go with anyone else. I didn't wear my headphones. I just wanted to be in nature and be with my mind and just kind of process things going on in the world. And it was really soothing. Oh, that's and so also nice invigorating, you know, getting to like work up a sweat and work up your heart rate and take breaks when you want, not feel the pressure of like somebody waiting for you. So I am without putting pressure on myself for like any sort of like goal, like I'm going to hike every mountain. This is what I tend to do where it's like I go on one hike and then I'm like, what if I hiked every peak in California? (laughs) Story, that is really where I go with these things. (laughs) Is that sound of of music, right? That sound of music. That sound of music? Yes. Ford every stream. (laughs) (sighs) So I'm going to try to take myself on one more hike this week. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, that's it. Okay. A hike. Great. All right. Well, actionable, doable. I hope so. I love I it. I hope so. It gets hot here, yeah. so you got to go like at 6 a.m. But otherwise, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is the one thing that you need to be mindful of. <laughs> yeah, overheating. <sighs> uh, well, um, Kate, this has been delightful. It has. It has, Dory. And a friendly reminder that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer. It's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is Acast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>